Hello and welcome back to another episode of Christians Do Say the Darndest Thing. Oh, no, sorry, that's a, that's that's a, that's another podcast. This is uh, Your God's on CPR and Prayer Won't Heal Him. Oh, uh, sorry, too, too many podcasts these days. No, 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 actually, hello and welcome back to this episode of Still Unbelievable. I'm your host, Andrew Knight, and called out of retirement, or if you're slightly more sci-fi minded, called out of the stasis pod to save the world from impending disaster. With me is my oldest friend, David Johnson. Really? Because I'm not that old. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm, so, I'm actually younger than you. Um, we weren't going to lie in this podcast. Well, you are younger than me, but we weren't going to lie. So, look at straight. It's, 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 boy, there's a lot of that in this episode, but uh, we haven't done this in a while. And I would like to say for the listeners that it's a pleasure to be podcasting with you uh, this time around because Christians do say the darndest things. It is. And I, I just wanted to say, you know, retirement is not going well for me at all um i can't i can't stay off the board i can't stay open mic this this show is going to end up uh on on our skeptics and seekers feed um and i'm not going to bother redoing the intro to a point i'm just going to put it in there but i i retirement i yeah i'm going to start that retirement thing real soon after after this show Uh, look, um, the ejection handle, you ought, to, you ought to be able to pull it at any time. Uh, look, glad that you haven't for this episode, though. And I guess we've done a show somewhat like this one uh, in the past. And if, you, if you've listened, it, so you don't know what the show yet is, dear listener, you will in a moment. Uh, but if you, if you listen to this show and you think, hey, that sounds, uh, that sounds like something you've done in the past, not our fault. Uh, Christians have a, a lot of work to do trying to rescue a guy that's on CPR. And um, look, seriously, guys, time to kick that cord out of the wall. Time to turn the machines off. Um, this particular show, we're going to show you why God is dead. And if you think he's not, if you think that over the course of this episode, you've got answers to the questions raised in, in this episode of Still Unbelievable, well, there's a lot of ways to get in touch because this isn't just a Still Unbelievable episode. This is going in as a supplemental over on the Skeptics and Seekers uh, podcast. And we encourage you to get in touch and talk to us about the content of this show. We want to hear from you. We're willing to publish what you have to say. You're welcome to come on mic with us because this episode is about healing in part. It is specifically about disability and healing. And uh, the title of the unbelievable that we're addressing today is should Christians rethink disability and healing? That was the unbelievable episode aired. uh, Oh, what's today's date? Today is July 1st, actually. And this is the uh, still unbelievable that aired on uh, July. June 29th, if I'm not mistaken. So, and just so, just so you know, in in my show notes in preparation for this, the title is "Why the Doctrine." Uh, actually, why, why it should say "Why the Doctrine of Healing is One of the Strongest Christian Disconfirmations." So you, you kind of know where I'm coming from, but I, I do want to echo what Andrew has said. Uh, we're calling out to uh, Christians of good intention and uh, reasonably well-spoken uh, to respond. Uh, all of all of our podcast efforts have been an attempt to have better conversations with Christians. And why, while it's nice to have conversations with like-minded people, uh, we actually want to have conversations with people who are not like-minded. And so uh, we want to hear your objection, your counter, your sense of where we got it wrong. Uh, and we want you to understand that we're coming from this, from your perspective. We have both uh, had long histories in the church, church leadership and or um, uh, church seminary. You know, we, we, uh, we're not unfamiliar with your doctrines. And so you might say someone like Richard Dawkins, well, you know, he's a polemicist, but he doesn't understand Christianity. Well, we do. Um, and so you uh, you can come at us, bro or ma'am, and uh, we'd love to hear what you have to say. If you don't want to challenge us on the mic, uh, you know, we, we run something called Reason Press. It's a press. We'll be glad to internet publish uh, what you have to say, and I might respond to it in print. But uh, we'd, love, we'd love to bring you in and have a conversation about it. Yes. Uh, and in fact, I, I, I imagine, uh, Dave, I don't know for sure, but maybe you guys would be willing to publish over on Skeptics and Seekers as well, and this is probably a good time to give them that contact information. If you do not want to get in touch uh, through voice, if you just want to write us something, uh, reasonpress at gmail.com will hit me and Dave. What's your what's the Skeptics and Seekers email? 
actually just hit him. You can email me uh, at skepticsandseekers at gmail.com. That's skepticsandseekers at gmail.com. That's right. And if you look in the show notes for this episode, one of the things that you will see is a link that you can touch in on any device. You, if you're on your desktop, it'll work. If you're on your, your iPad, it'll work. If you're on your iPhone, it'll work. Um, if you're on some other damnable device, you will probably have pretty good success. Uh, you can leave us a voice message by simply touching the link that's in the show notes because our, uh, our podcast service anchor now has that ability. And so if you just want to, if, if you do want to shout out, you don't feel particularly good about uh, sitting down at a keyboard, maybe you have hand problems that God hasn't healed yet. Open up the voice message, throw it to us. Love to hear from you. And thank you for listening to this episode. I think we're ready to dive in. Okay. Um, should we take a couple of minutes to say what we mean by disability? Um, yes. I think there's a little bit of uh, confusion in the air about what even qualifies for a disability. I don't want to have a, a broader conversation, but the thing that you, I want to applaud Unbelievable for is that everyone on the show had some uh, disability. Um, n- not Justin, he's the host, but he did, you know, try to bring in people with disabilities to talk about disabilities. A totally and, blind uh, guy. That's pretty. Yeah. That's pretty good. That was that was actually nice to see. Uh, and so if you, you did no, you didn't. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> if you were if you were wondering, Andrew and I are also people with full-on disabilities. And so you're getting the perspective not only from uh, former Christians who kind of know what they're talking about in that area. We are also people from the disability community. I am uh, legally blind. Uh, and my disability has been written up as inadequate podcast host. Oh, no, that's that's not it. Yeah. <laughs> Not okay. not quite to the level of disability, uh, but you know whether he wants to actually tell you about his disability or not, which I'm sure he does. Uh, we we both qualify as disabled, and I I just wanted to uh, say that for the purposes of this, I'm drawing a distinction between a full-on handicap disability and a mere physical inconvenience. So I've got a number of physical inconveniences too that I don't qualify as as a disability because they don't keep me from having the normal functions of a of a a fully operable human being. And I, and my actual disabilities do uh, hinder me from that. And so, uh, you know, I've got a few things that I, that I consider as criteria between uh, what is, what actually qualifies as a disability. Uh, Andrew might have a little bit more to say on that. So I'm going to just turn the mic over to him. Not much. Actually, I do think we need to get into that. I, I, most of our regular listeners will know that I'm legally blind. I'm, uh, I am without one eye. So I, I have a prosthetic eye. Uh, uh, and and my other eye, uh, my vision is incredibly poor. So some people will be familiar with the with the 2020 scale. That's uh, the visual acuity scale. It means that what the average person sees at 20 feet. If you have 20, if you have 2020 vision, what the average person sees at 20 feet, you also see at 20 feet. My vision not quite so good. It's 20 over 400, uh, which means that what the average person sees at 400 feet away. That's a little over the distance of a football field. Uh, in case you're wondering how far 400 feet is, it's uh, uh, it's almost a tenth of a mile. So 500, uh, 528 feet would be a, a tenth of a mile. So uh, what you see at 400 feet, I can't see until I'm 20 feet away. So if you're wondering, does that make me functionally blind? Yep, yep, that's that's what it makes me. Uh, in fact, it, it's it's worse than that. <laughs> really. <No>. Um, <laughs> And I don't have that vision at night, by the way. I, I don't have any night vision. So, the, so the, yes, numbers, David, so, so. the numbers don't really tell the whole story. Uh, so if I tell you yeah. that I have 2200 vision, that might come closer to telling the, the truth about it. But for someone like Andrew, who is a cyclops, it doesn't tell the whole truth because there are things that you are missing. Let's say that Andrew had perfect vision. Cyclops, sir, to you. But, yeah. I'm sorry, Mr. Cyclops. <laughs> um, since... <laughs> 
which is actually one of the nicest things I've said about him this week. Um, yeah, but um, <laughs> thought I'd been upgraded there for, for just a moment. <laughs> but yeah, even if his eye were perfect, you would still have to account for all of the things missing in the field of view of a person with one eye. Uh, oh, so yeah, it's, it, it doesn't actually, I don't think it qualifies as a disability to, to just have one eye, no, but it's can, real close. It's, yes. it's real close. There are, there are things that you're just not going to be able to do with one eye that you can with two bad eyes. I would rather have two bad eyes than you, one eye, quite frankly. You cannot, uh, you cannot have a pilot's license, is my understanding, uh, for instance, with one eye. Uh, you can have a driver's license, not a, not a pilot's license. I don't know about commercial driver's licenses, but, but uh, yes, we didn't get into depth and width of field. So uh, a person with one eye has no depth perception, um, and, and you do learn clever workarounds. Um, so I play sports. Uh, I go out and play football. I kayak. Um, and, and I do those things pretty well as long as there's appropriate lighting. But um, my my depth of field, I don't have. Uh, I, I don't have any depth of field. I don't have uh, any, any ability to see in three dimensions. Yeah. So honestly, the way a blind person catches a football is they get hit in the face with it and then they wrap their hands around the ball. That's that's how you do it. Uh, uh, look, look to me like that's how everybody was doing it. I thought that's <laughs> that how it's done. That's not how, you, they, that's not how they do no. that. Oh. You Ooh. you actually want to throw the ball, you know, out and away from the body so they can have a chance to go get it, or into the body so that it hits their their stomach and then they can wrap wrap it around. If you throw it at face level, you're you're gonna break a nose. Um, Andrew should never be playing sports. Uh, he does it. It's ridiculous. I I did it too. I mean, we all did it. Um, we we went to a boarding school for the blind, uh, just like uh, the unbelievable guest uh, Damon. So right. we, we share that uh, in common as well. Right. Although I didn't board uh, well, well, one semester for uh, for reasons that aren't important to this particular podcast. Maybe told, maybe told some other time. Um, but so we attended a, a blind school in the in the deep south, and um, Damon's experience was much uh, was much like ours. And it was interesting. So the show opened up uh, somewhere around the the five and a half minute mark. The first thing Damon described is a is a moment where he's walking to work, right? And and a Christian comes out of nowhere. Uh, by the way, if you're if you're totally blind, all Christians come out of nowhere. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying it is it's true. If you're laughing, you should be laughing, uh, and you shouldn't feel bad about it. You should feel bad about having to ask the question: Should Christians rethink uh, disability and healing? If you're asking that question, you should feel bad. If you're laughing about the fact that all Christians come out of nowhere uh, for a totally blind guy. That is funny. Oh, yeah, we, we laugh at ourselves all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, we, we absolutely but, have a sense of humor about this. But here, but here's the thing. Stop asking. Stop asking. If you want to know if I want your Jesus, if you want to know if I know your Jesus, if you want to know whether I give one rat's ass about your Jesus. And there goes the family rating. It's, it's going to happen. Good, good to get that thing out of the way early. It's such an impediment to a good podcast. <laughs> so if, if you want to know whether I know you're Jesus, we've all been there. And, and here's the thing. If you're having to ask a totally blind person whether they know you're Jesus, here's the real answer. That person's blind. And the promise of the biblical Jesus never materialized. And I don't care if you're disabled and you still think you have this, this relationship with a historical character who somehow washes away sins and at the end of the day will give you a, a magic home in heaven where you can live forever and sing hallelujah to his name. It's not that way. Yeah, it's it's a lot harder. In fact, if you'll allow me to use this as uh, a segue. Um, That's our launch. Yes, yes. I, I want to I want to I want to just talk a little bit about why it is so hard to uh, dismiss this issue when you're disabled. And so what I'm going to ask uh, the listeners to do is just imagine yourself with a disability, an actual disability. I don't actually care what it is. Um, and and try to put yourself in, in this mindset so that you can see it a little bit more the way we do. A Christian with a disability is quite frankly different than a Christian without a disability. And I've, I've read a lot of work from Christians with disabilities, but um, this, this is it from my perspective and why I simply couldn't ignore it or sweep it under the rug the way I've seen um, 
some do. First of all, it's personal. Uh, it's very personal. Uh, my relationship is with a God who has the power to heal me or to not have made me disabled in the first place, and yet I am not healed and I am disabled. This this is personal. Um, it's not abstract. Um, it's often visible. Uh, so even though I can walk around without bumping into things for the most part, my eyes move like pinwheels. And so you can uh, casually look at me and know that there's something immediately wrong with me, even if you're not sure exactly what it is. It's very clear that there's there's a problem, and so this can't be swept under the rug. Uh, there are clinic uh, it's uh, disabilities are clinically diagnosable. Uh, so you know it's not just something that I can write off as um, something that's in my head. It's not just in my head. It's something that uh, professionals can look at and and see. It can be measured. Um, and it's a it's a real thing in the world. Uh, disabilities make certain faith claims uh, falsifiable. I think that we might return to this one. Um, but <laughs> if you if you have a if you have a uh, a, a doctrine that uh, you will be healed with the right prayer and faith, and that prayer is done, it can be seen by everyone whether you are healed or not. It's it's um, it's one of those things that puts your claims in a falsifiable light, and Christians l- like to avoid that falsifiable spot- spotlight if they can. They like to describe. Uh, all of their faith claims in terms of things that are not falsifiable, so you can't really prove whether it you know happened or not. Disability kind of defies that. Um, and as a result, uh, disabilities demand an answer from those who are disabled. Now, from those who are not disabled, you can just kind of write it off and forget about it and write it off into the sunset. But if you are the one with the disability, especially if you are a preacher with a disability, uh, you've got to have an answer for that. Uh, people, people are going to wonder why are you still disabled? Are, are, are you not praying for those who are disabled? Are you not going to hospitals and praying with people uh, that they get better? Uh, physician, heal thy, thyself. You have to have some kind of explanation for why God hasn't healed you. It may not be a good one, but it's got to be something. You can't ignore it uh, like most people do. And so this is why the subject um, is is pretty important to us. It was important to me uh, on the way out the door. Uh, and uh, I think it's impor- it would be important to a lot of people if you were able to personalize it in this way. Andrew? So, I, okay, I, I'm, I do have a couple of things to say there. I want to finish up Damon's story because he said something that I think it's worth alerting our listeners to. Whether you're a Christian or an atheist, if you see a blind person on the street walking with a cane or a dog, one of the things we don't want, most likely, we're not, we're, by the way, we're not a homogeneous community. We don't all feel the same way about every issue. So don't don't make the mistake of thinking we're all the same. David and I have some uh, some particular compatibility because we've been lifelong friends. Uh, so so you'll hear us express very similar views, but but we don't all have the same views. But here's one's pretty universal. If I'm walking down the street, I probably don't want a whole lot of extraneous conversation. I damn sure don't want you to come up and ask me something completely out of the blue. Why? Because navigating streets is a little harder for us. And that was one of the things Damon was pretty careful to say. He said, you know, it took away my concentration. So if you're listening to this and and you and, and that doesn't, oh, yeah, what, what does he mean? It took away his concentration. You don't live in a world where you have a visual disability. If you see somebody walking with a cane or a dog, leave them alone because they need to hear the things around them. They need to feel the things around them and they don't need to be distracted. Leave them alone. Yes. If you want to talk it, it, to Don't us, pet the dog for God's sake. Don't talk we, to the dog. Don't make eyes at the dog. The dog is busy doing very hard work. And, and by the way, if your Jesus wants me to know him, he's welcome to come knock on the door. But on the street, leave him alone. Just leave him alone. So let me let me just add um, one other thing to that uh, before, oh, you, before you go. Sure. Uh, don't screw with people's uh, emotions who have disabilities, because we all have emotions about it. So uh, even though I don't believe in your God anymore, don't go up to people giving them false hope about healing. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to heal you. I'm going to fuck you. That person has been blind probably longer than you've been alive. You don't have anything that you can offer them. If you were going to come around pretending like you've got some kind of superpower to heal them, you better damn well have it. That is that is absolutely right. So sadly, I'm going to take us further off in the weeds. Um, I've said this before. I'll offer this challenge again here, and then we will go back on script. Uh, so 
I live in a community right now, an extended family, where three or four of the people are uh, Pentecostal preachers. They're conservative uh, evangelical fundamentalists. They really believe that that God has the ability to heal people, that all it takes is a, is a word from the right person to be healed. Here's the interesting thing. <laughs> three, three or four of them in my extended family. Here's the phone call that I don't get. I don't get the phone call that says, hey, Andrew, we're having a prayer service tonight, and we know that people are going to actually be healed. Those blind people, people like you that are missing an eye, we're inviting them all. We're inviting them from all over the world. We're inviting them from the area. In fact, we're out door knocking, and we're not preaching redemption of sins. We are preaching, bring your blind, and your sick, and your afflicted. Bring your paraplegics. Bring the people with with legitimate uh, disabilities. Bring bring the people that can't walk. Bring the the people with with serious mental disorders that have to be treated with psychopharmaceuticals. We're not praying to God tonight to do anything but heal you, because we know that the power of the Lord is going to empty that building of broken people. You're all going to walk or see or live in a better way when you. You know what? I don't get that phone call, and the reason I don't get that phone call is because they know that it's total bullshit. Now, they talk about healing, but I don't get that phone call. And so that's my challenge to you right now. If you think I'm wrong, reasonpress at gmail.com. I will fly anywhere or fly anyone to me. I will believe any doctrine, say any prayer, participate in any service, read any material. If you think you can heal me, let's get that job done. Yeah, I would make the same uh, promise, but I just don't want to fool with it. Uh, so if you want to put, if you want to foot the bill, uh, you know, I'll try to put the money in escrow, and then if you heal me, then I'll pay for it. Otherwise, uh, you can come see me or, or shut the heck up. Actually, I don't even understand why you would have to come see me or why I would have to go to see you. And so I, I appreciate the idea of the healing service, but I don't appreciate it. I think that you you have already entered into BS territory um, with the idea of a healing service. Your, your town, I don't care how you know simple and small your town is, you've got some kind of hospital there. You've got some kind of ICU uh, nearby. Just pray it empty. You, you don't have to. You don't have to get off your ass. Just pray right now. It empty. Or if you do want to get out and make a show of yourself, fine. Don't do a healing service. Just go to the freaking hospital. Find someone who's terminal and heal them out of the hospital. Why doesn't this happen? Why do healing services take place uh, on well manicured and uh, uh, well prepared stages? Because you can hand out collection plates. <laughs> So, so yeah. Anyway, I look. It's not <laughs> so, in the notes. I didn't want to go there, but um. So so far out yeah. in the weeds. Can, can you can you lead us back to the? Uh, can you lead us back to the path of righteousness? Righteousness. No. However, <laughs> I can take you to point number two. Um. So one of the questions that I had to ask myself, and I think it's maybe the, the important question of the day. Uh, if you are currently disabled and a believer, uh, you need to ask yourself why you're still disabled um, and and don't brush it off with some pat answer and move on and if you're if you're following along and playing the game of, of uh, imagining yourself disabled for the pur- purpose of this podcast you've got to ask yourself why you're disabled so I just wanted to go over some of the answers Ooh. that I gave and why they didn't work so uh, I think one of the big answers uh, that we would give one of the first answers that anyone would give for why they're still disabled a Christian is, well, I'm a sinner. Maybe I've got some kind of secret sin. I mean, I know what kinds of sins I have. I don't know what kinds of sins other people have. You start feeling like, oh, I'm the chiefest of sinners. So, you know, those other people, they're just regular run-of-the-mill sinners. But me, I know what I uh, get up to. So I, I understand why God wouldn't answer my prayer. Let me just say that that doesn't work. Because when someone comes to you to be prayed for, you do not first ask them, well, are you a sinner? <laughs> because, of course, they're a sinner. You assume they're sinners. <laughs> All you know? have sinned, fallen short of the glory of God. Yeah. Man, you're that every Sunday. Right. You're not, it doesn't matter even what their sin is. You, you assume assure them that the love of God is stronger than their greatest weakness. Um, and so people come to you with worse sin problems than you have, and yet you expect that they can be healed. And so it doesn't it doesn't work that you're a sinner as an excuse for you not being healed. And, and okay, 
I've got to, I've got to chase because here's, here's the game that Christians play with the disabled. And this is, this is an appalling evil game. And, and if you're listening to this and you've ever just, if you've done this, stop, stop. Because we like to tell this story that God is magnified through people's weaknesses, right? That's, that's the story. How, how often do do you hear that? Uh, God is magnified through people's weaknesses. Okay, fine. Then if you believe that, stop praying for healing. Fucking stop it. Uh, so actually that's, uh, that's my point four here. So well, why don't I just jump to it? Yank <laughs> that joker right out of the bottom of the grip. Just <laughs> so uh, because God is better served if I am not healed. So that you know I'm I'm still disabled because God is is getting some service from my disability that He wouldn't get if I was healed. That's 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 the excuse. And once again, uh, I I would just echo what you said. If well, if that's the case, why why pray for healing? Um, right. What what is the point then? Um, I would also add something to that beyond what's the point. I would Ooh. say that if the best plan that God had for His perfect world was that you had to be disabled, His plan Ooh. sucks. His plan sucks. There is no excuse to say I've got this plan that's going to save some fraction of humanity, maybe 10 or 20%, because we know that most of them are going to hell. So his plan has already failed. He's already announced that. Uh, but to save this you know, small percentage of people who are going to be saved, you have to be crippled for, for the rest of your life. It's a, it's a really bad plan that ultimately doesn't work uh, in the end. So I, I would say that if this is a God you serve, and this is the best plan that he can come up with, you could do better uh, serving Baphomet. Just say any any of us could formulate a better plan sitting around a, a table drinking shots. But this plan, this plan that God has that says, uh, you know what? I need crippled children because that's how I look good. That's how people know that I love them. It, crippled children, children in cancer wards. My glory is magnified through their weakness. I will only say that even as a disabled Christian, I looked for that magnifying glass. I looked for a God whose glory was magnified through people's weaknesses, and I never saw it. Yeah, I got to I gotta say that that passage uh, from Paul, in my weakness he is strong, in our weakness he is strong. I, I, I got to say that that's reason enough to run, not walk away from the Christian faith. If you actually believe any part of that is true, that God is somehow uh, made better through your weakness, you got the wrong God. Uh, and I, I think that you would show more character and dignity by standing up to that God and getting zapped rather than kowtowing to a God who uh, finds strength in your weakness. Absolutely. So, so go ahead. So I was I was going to say much like the first answer, uh, another answer is because I have doubts. So I, obviously I I could be healed, but I've got these these creeping doubts that won't let me be healed. Um, same answer as the first answer. Everybody else has doubts too. There's no such thing as being able to have zero doubts about a supernatural thing that you have seen fail. Once you've seen it fail, you can't not have doubts. And so if if the the formula killer is that you had some creeping doubt in the back of your mind, no one should be healed. And so if you think that God is healing people, uh, the I have doubts uh, excuse doesn't work. No, of course it doesn't. Um, what would it mean to not have doubts? We know that the, the New Testament isn't written that way. In fact, the New Testament uh, actually writes this very differently. You can you can have almost all the doubt in the world, can't you? You can have all. So, so there's this idea that just the just faith uh, the size of a mustard seed by comparison, right? If, if we could, if we could put faith on a scale, and on one side of that scale we had a mustard seed. By, by the way, folks, it's just a little seed. It's not the smallest seed in the world. Uh, they didn't, they, they didn't know uh, their their plant biology very well around that time, so you know, called it the smallest seed. No, 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 it's not. But it is a small seed. Okay, fine. You put, you know, if you could get weigh faith and you put it on one side of the scale and you put a mustard seed on the other side of the scale, that would balance. But, but what does that mean? What does that mean? You, so, so surely then it's okay if your doubts are bigger. Because what can happen with the faith of a mustard seed? Well, we all know the story. We all know the story. Faith of a mustard seed can move mountains. Faith of a mustard seed can move mountains. There shouldn't be a disabled person left on the planet. There should never be another child born with it. We ought to be able to say a 
prayer and say, God, you know what? I know you're not a slot machine. I know you're not a cash machine, but you are the almighty God. Empty the hospitals, fix the human genome. Lord, we don't ever want another broken child. Right. And you ought to be able to do that with the faith of mustard seed. And if you can't, kick the cord out of the wall on God's life support because he's dead. So, so, um, so I, I, I see, I see you're, uh, you've been practicing your uh, polemicism since the uh, last uh, uh, Ask Me Atheist Anything. So. Oh, is, 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 that, is that what that was? Uh, so, <laughs> um, so, <laughs> Sorry, I sort of sucked all the air out of the room. Yeah, no, there, there, were some things, there were some things I was going to say, and they seem somewhat smaller now, so... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Sorry, it wasn't, it wasn't supposed to. It wasn't supposed to do that. But I am warming to the topic, folks. So stay tuned because this isn't over. <laughs> so the, uh, one observation about the faith of the mustard seed thing: Christians use this. In fact, the Bible uses this um, in a, in a kind of. Um, Weebly, wobbly, timey-wimey, however you want to use it at the moment kind of way. It it doesn't actually have just one idea behind it. So uh, the the thought that comes to mind um, is this this story in the Bible. I think it's one of the times where the faith of the mustard seed thing is is used. But uh, the disciples, they were out on a a healing uh, ministry, of all things. They were uh, healing people left and right of this and that. And they run across a uh, boy who they can't heal. Demons are too strong. And uh, the parent uh, comes to Jesus and he says, look, your disciples can't heal my boy. Um, and Jesus goes off muttering, berating his disciples, apparently in front of everybody. You know, oh, oh, you of little faith. <laughs> you, 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 you know, you just, you need more faith. What's the matter with you people? I, I just want to freeze frame that scene. They have enough faith to heal everybody who comes to them except for this one person. Right. They right. obviously have more than the faith of a mustard seed. <laughs> but right. but when, when one thing comes up to them that they can't do then they're berated for not having enough faith uh, and you can you can see how the goalposts are moved even in the story Ooh, that story's told uh, it seems to me like I, I don't think I realized this until you pointed it out this would have been some years ago but I think that story's told a couple of dis- different ways isn't it because there's a uh, that kind is only cast out through uh, what fasting and prayer maybe in one gospel and it's told slightly differently in another gospel yes it, it does have a couple of tellings but even even where it's says, oh yeah, that kind is cast out with fasting and prayer, Jesus still berates them for uh, having little faith. <laughs> so, right, right. Uh, I don't, you know, and, I don't and, understand what he's talking about. They just gave sight to, you know, some some beggar or uh, made a lame person walk, but Jesus is berating them with having little faith, and yet the next breath he's talking about faith of a mustard seed. All, all you need is a little faith. They clearly have that, so th- that's just one of those canards that Christians can use uh, when things don't work, they can say, well, you didn't have enough faith. And when they right. want to give you encouragement, they say, all you need is a little faith. Um, they're, they're playing both sides of the tennis court without the net. We know exactly, we know what really happened. If this were an actual story of literal events, and it's not. And, and if you think it is, if, if, you're, if you're listening and you think I'm wrong and you think that was an actual story, you got our contact details and they'll be, again, they'll be here again in the show notes. But here's what actually, if this, was, if this was the real world, here's what would actually happen. You'd be at a prayer healing service and you'd have somebody over on the corner of the stage uh, doing minor healings, you know, because because Jesus is the guy in the white suit wearing the Rolex, right? But he, you'd have helpers off in the wings praying for people and that sort of thing. And, and one of those people would stand up and say, you know what, I'm not healed. I'm still blind. And the guy in the spotlight in the middle of the stage, he can't do the job either. And so somebody gets blamed. And that's what happens in the real world at prayer meetings when someone can't be healed. It's not God's fault. It's somebody else's fault. It's some lack of faith. Or it's the other person problem, or God just didn't want you. But here's the truth about every prayer of healing that fails. That's a prayer God didn't answer, no matter how you chalk it up. No matter what you think the problem was, nothing can stand in the face of an almighty God. And so when you spend your time trying to salvage that, what you're really doing is creating a confirmation bias that allows you to rescue a story that we should have stopped telling 
thousand years ago. So, uh, in that in that vein, let me just uh, reel off these other three that I have on the list. Um, they don't really require a lot of commentary, but I will leave you some room to have some commentary. On some <laughs> I'll commentary. try not to. <laughs> I'm just going to reel them off real fast we'll because not. once again, these are th- these are thought processes that I went through. You may have gone through some of these thought processes yourself. Mm. Um, so one of the reasons I tried uh, was well, you know, I'm I'm still disabled because. Uh, I didn't follow the correct formula. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. okay, great. So I, I never learned what the correct formula was. If there was a correct formula, it seems someone would have written it down. Uh, mm-hmm. No one, no one has a correct formula. Pray this prayer with these words at this time of day. Um, you know, with with this much, you know, faith and emotion in your heart, uh, standing on one foot facing Mecca. You know, whatever whatever the formula is, no one seems to have it. Uh, and so you can't berate yourself for not having the correct healing formula because there isn't a correct healing formula. Um, another one is because God is not a cash machine. Uh, it, you know, so you can't just impose on God and expect him to do whatever you want. Um, great. F- fine. I'm willing to accept that answer. Uh, except why then ask, call on us to pray for things as if God was a dispenser of blessings. Why not just uh, why not just eliminate prayers of supplication? Just have prayers of worship and praise. Fine, okay, but that's that's not what we're given to believe we should do. Uh, so that doesn't that doesn't really work. And then the last one, because spiritual warfare. You know, God would heal you, but there's this spiritual war. The devil is stopping God from being able to do it. And to that, I say, great, okay, fine, I accept that. But if God can't heal you while fighting a losing battle with the devil why the heck are we worshiping that guy so i want to ask you a question this one this one was confusing to me even back in in college back when i was taking some theology classes and and sort of thinking about doing this as a profession it always seemed to me that that the the sort of pentecostal view this this charismatic view that sometimes god doesn't work in a spiritual war right it seemed to me that when i read the old testament that's when god worked the most was in was in a spiritual war right you got the you got the children of israel in the middle of spiritual war wandering in the wilderness for 40 years and 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 god makes their food for them daily or you've got lamb's blood on the lentils of the door to save the the children of israel or you've got god calling noah into the ark to save his family or you've got lot in conversation with god to save a few good people out of sodom and gomorrah or or maybe you've got uh you know maybe you've got a head in a lion's mouth but we could go on david i i, I could stop right now and you could call another dozen examples out of the old testament we're in the midst of a spiritual war that's when it seemed like god worked the most that's when his power could be seen right i mean so just imagine if uh the biblical writers used the old spiritual war thing as an excuse the way people do uh today um you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Well, yep. too bad for Abednego. Yep. Uh, spiritual war. <laughs> he couldn't stop at all. Um, Daniel, you know, you were doing well in that lion's den for a, for a few minutes, but, you know, <laughs> spiritual war. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> here, here's, here's a good one. Here's a good one. So, so uh, who was it with the prophets of Baal? Um, uh, uh, either Elijah or Elisha. Or Elisha. One of the, yeah, right. I don't know. Yeah, so, one of those guys. So so apologies, apologies, listeners, for not, not being quite ready with it, but, but but here's what you got. You know, you, you've got the prophets of Baal. They're standing around. They're uh, they're you know trying to call down fire to you know to to prove that that Baal is greater than Jehovah. And then and then here's what you got. You know, you've got the you've got the Jehovah guy, and and he comes around. And he prays, and uh, you know we're in the middle of a spiritual war. Yeah, no, sorry, folks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you know what? <laughs> shows canceled because of rain. Right. Uh, you you guys are you guys, and and I am going to shake my finger at you in impotent rage because. We're in the middle of a spiritual war, and God insert anything. Yeah, well, I mean, tenth how do you plague, finish that? T- tenth plague. Half the half the Hebrews are wiped out by the angel of death because of spiritual war. Sorry, it, it only worked half the time. But, uh, um, right. I mean, the, the, it's it's absurd to invoke the spiritual right. war when our prayers don't work today. Um, right. the it was whole, only a little leak, Noah. Right. <laughs> 
the, the whole point of worshiping this god is that he's bigger than all that. Um, but no, with with a new apologist, he's not bigger than all that. So yeah, he didn't want you to be born blind, but pff, he was tied up in a battle, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. spiritual war. Sorry. <laughs> How is that an excuse for anything? <laughs> okay, and, and just okay. Oh, and just to carry on the absurdity. Oh, because because it is so absurd. You know, how is how is blindness? Okay, I I now really don't know the answer. How is blindness a result of a spiritual war? Let me ask that question again. How is blindness a physical malady a result of a spiritual war? Yeah, I look. If I mean, if the answer is well, Satan wants. Uh, to break as many bodies as possible, then why isn't everybody disabled? <laughs> just, just break everybody. I mean, if that's if that's all you got to do, that doesn't it doesn't make any it doesn't make any sense. Uh, it to, to suggest that well, Satan is trying to do that, and so you know the people that actually got broken are just the ones where God you know lost the battle. So we are we are living, walking, talking billboards of your God's weakness. Um, that's that's a bad argument. You don't you don't want to do that. But I tried it, and I I would just you know once again asking people to put yourself in the person of the, uh, in the shoes of the person with a disability. What excuse do you come up with for why you were disabled? It does it doesn't work. Whatever excuse it is, it's it's not going to work really well. Be glad to have a discussion with you about it. Skeptics and Seekers at gmail I think that's a I think that's a really good question. It's it, there is and there was for me some cognitive around I am faith I'm working as hard as I can work I'm still disabled yeah how does yeah. that not how do you not find the exit so while you're asking yourself that question uh, ask yourself this one how is healing a few people better than healing no people so I would I would uh, actually make the case uh, that uh, arbitrary healing is worse than no healing at all and it's this may not seem like an obvious case to make but just put yourself back in preschool uh, mm. for those who were lucky enough to go to preschool uh, uh, but who were unlucky enough to have a teacher that brought five pieces of candy to a classroom with six kids. Mm. Um, that's a that's a nasty that's piece of work there. And so if you happen to be the sixth kid that lost the game of musical chairs, <laughs> you are going to cry <laughs> because that is just the most unfair thing in the world. What is wrong with you? Or what if those other kids do deserve it? Where's my candy? God damn it. <laughs> you can't do that. So you you learn fairly quickly. You either bring six pieces of candy or you bring no candy. Um, um, but you don't you don't bring a few pieces of candy and then just arbitrarily hand it out to people. They're not the ones that did had got the highest score on the test. They're not the ones who sat uh, still and caused no trouble. Uh, it's just arbitrary. This is awful. You will lose your license as a preschool teacher if you do this. This is how healing seems to work for God. It's just some arbitrary non-formula. If there is a formula, it's one that we cannot access as human beings. And so it's it's like condition. Uh, mice and rats. We we have to try to push the button. Sometimes we get the food. Sometimes we get the shock. Sometimes we get ignored. But we have to be conditioned to just keep pushing it every time. Keep pushing it. Keep pushing. It. How is that not a cruel game? Wouldn't it make more sense if the doctrine is that God doesn't work that way to just not work that way? Nobody gets healed. What, what right. is the point of arbitrary healing and um and then having other people uh, die painful deaths or or be ignored? I don't understand that at all and I don't I don't understand how the Christian tries to, to, to make something good out of that yeah uh, because look, you're right about the preschool analogy what, what would we say to a teacher who knows the class size right she is this teacher is infinitely good at knowing her class size so so here's what, here's what that means um you can have a, a school in a neighboring county burn to the ground at midnight one night and all the parents from from that neighboring county get a text message to drop their their children off <laughs> you know this kindergarten unexpectedly the next day and this teacher that brings candy to the class magically know how many kids are going to be there there's there's no situation in which the teacher doesn't know how many kids are in their class and so she even always oprah, brings even oprah doesn't do this when she does one of these shows and you know there's an ipad under the chair or whatever you get an ipad and you get an ipad and you Oh, no, not you. Screw you. And you get an iPad. 
And you, no, not you. No, that, that's not how it works at all. Of, of, of <laughs> that's course how it's, it works with God's healing, though. Right. You know, and, and your grandmother gets cured of eczema, but you die of cancer. And, you know, what What kind of right. game show from hell is this? Now, Christians, I will readily acknowledge. So you think, you know, maybe maybe we're being a little dismissive or a little trite or whatever. Here's, here's the thing. I'm willing to go on record saying, yes, I do not understand your God, but I don't worship things I can't understand. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I only have one more thing on my list. Um, stories of healing. So this is what we're left with. This is what we got on the podcast. Uh, we got two of them. Uh, in fact, stories of healing uh, are not evidence of healing. In fact, I would say they're, they're counter evidence to healing. Uh, and we don't need more stories of healing. We need healing. So uh, if you are a person who doesn't need healing, maybe stories of healing are good enough for you. But if you're a person with a disability, stories of healing are meaningless. They're either manipulative to, to try mm. to keep you in the game, mm. or they are meaningless and push you further away from the game. Um, there's there's nothing good that comes of stories of healing to people with disabilities. Uh, so we got <clears throat> two two stories from the uh, podcast. Uh, I've listened to it a couple of times. You've probably listened to it a few more times than I have. Um, no, I've, the, I've, I've only been through it once and parts twice. So, so the... Uh, uh, the lady Zoe, she, she had a rather strange healing story. Uh, I'll, I'll let you go over that in a minute, but just to give the Cliff Notes version. So she's, I don't know, she's praying for healing or whatever, and God, um, you know, reaches out and grabs her head and pulls it up, and, um, you know, she gets a strange sensation, and now she can't pray with her head down anymore. It actually sounds like a, a second disability. <laughs> Now, in addition to not being able to walk, she can't pray with her head down. <laughs> I don't know. And, and, and you sort of, you, so, so you can sort of see that in, in your in your head, right? She's a, maybe maybe she's a, she's in church and, and she's she's reading her Bible, right? She's just, that's, you know, seems like a reasonable place to read your Bible, right? You're, you're sitting in church and, and maybe, and maybe uh, she's reading her Bible or, or maybe she's reading her bulletin, right? She's reading the sick list and, and she's, you know, so she's, she's doing something constructive and engaged with the, and, and the, and the guy up front says, let us pray. Now she's already got her head down, right? Cause, cause she's reading, you know, she's reading the sick list. Let us pray. Bunk. Yep. <laughs> it goes straight up or, or it could be, uh, you know, it's just the prayer time uh, that comes up in the sermon and, uh, he yep. says, uh, I'll bow for a word of prayer. And she's like, Oh, actually, um, awkward. Um, <laughs> I can't. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I can't, can't do that, or you know, uh, family family dinner. You know, uh, uh, everybody's actually they're, they're passing the food around. You know, they're they're uh, fixing their plates, and and uh, you know, maybe you're maybe you're looking for your silverware, or you're pouring your glass of tea. You know, and and somebody says, okay, let's let us bump. Yeah, no, it goes all over. But but she actually my head down. Oh, I, 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 I cannot I cannot pray with my head down. And and. If you haven't listened to the show, we're not exaggerating. Right. No, this is this, this is the healing. And I'm thinking, is that what you were praying for? <laughs> is, that, is that really what? I don't think that's what you were praying for. So so you could not walk before the prayer. You could not walk after the prayer. But you also now cannot pray with your head. <laughs> so, it sounds like you would have been better off without the prayer. <laughs> Just, you know. you're, you're, you're lucky that, uh, you know, that, that, that God didn't make you, you know, now I can't pray vertical. You know, every time you say a prayer, you have to stand on your head. <laughs> you know, because well, at least the head will be nice and straight. Uh, I mean, yes. <laughs> So, so what does that mean? I mean, like this, that was one of the stories of healing in a, in a way to to rescue God. Um, and and what does Didn't it do mean? Yeah, you've got God answering your prayer of healing with what? She wasn't healed. She was she was healed from being able to pray with her head down. Thank God for that. I did. You know, I I have searched the documentation, folks. Um, I have I have looked through the. Uh, U.S. Certified Manual of Disability, and and I have looked on every page up to this show, and nowhere in that manual does it describe praying with your head down as a disability. I do believe that if you go to any rehab in the country, they will provide you equipment and uh, financial payments if you pray with your head down because they oh, recognize that- it as a as a disability. <laughs> and you know what? And, <laughs> 
I have no idea what she's talking about. Honestly, this is it, it's such a strange moment in the show for me. Um, and I look, I Zoe, if if you would like to come on, right? Because we know that people with disabilities can laugh at your, themselves. I hope that you're getting a chuckle out of this too. Maybe you had something else in mind when you were talking about this. We would be very happy for you to set the record straight. Okay, and, but, and you will not be ridiculed. You will no. be. You will be among friends. Of course, we've you. we've I've 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 interviewed uh, a a dear lady who's been on Unbelievable um, twice. Who gets messages directly from God? Natalie. She came back. Yeah, for, yeah, for more. Yeah. So you know, we're, we we will we will treat you just fine. We'll laugh all there, maybe a little on air, but of course we want to give you a chance to set the record straight and let us let us know um, what you meant by that. But this, what I mean by this is, this is part of the problem with stories of healing. So may, maybe there was something that happened there that you just can't relate in a story. And that's why I say I don't need a story. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, that your story worked for you, but it doesn't do a thing for me. I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't need, a, I don't need another story of healing. I need a, a, a healing. Um, the, other, the other story of healing that um, came out of the show. Okay, go ahead. Before you do, well, I just want to ask you a question on, on Natalie's story, because it seemed to me that there was another problem with the story. So she was in this room, right? This is, this is when she was going to be Zoe. Oh, what did I say? Uh, sorry. Zoe, Zoe, yes. Sorry, I was thinking of Natalie. Natalie, because we interviewed. My, my apologies. Zoe. So Zoe's in this room, and when, when this healing miracle happened to her, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not being dismissive. Uh, when this healing miracle happened to her, this was this was when she was being confirmed as a you know as one of the clergy in the Church of England, I, I think it was, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. But you know, there there are more people in the room than just her, and they're praying for her. In fact, that moment in time is a little uncomfortable for her, as she's you know she's telling the story, she's just uncomfortable with this environment a little bit and there's sort of a lot going on there are people praying for her and and they know she's disabled and by the way if you're disabled and lots of people are wanting to pray for you and they've made you the center of attention you know what we're talking about just if you know don't do that folks don't don't do it that is so um, yeah it's, it's awful it's awful um but she describes this and how can you look at her this this lady in a wheelchair and, and by the way she sounds like a nice yes on, on the show she sounds like this okay how can you be one of those people who has actually fervently pray for her healing, right? I mean, this is somebody you love. Uh, you you love her enough to to bring her into, to, to be a colleague, right? Uh, and not just a colleague, but a colleague in Jesus. And you pray for her healing, and what you get is not that she can walk and be without her wheelchair, but that she can't pray with her head down. Right, right. How does it's, that count for the other people as a win? Yeah, that's not a win. That's not that's not what they're praying for. They're not, they weren't praying for you to feel better about your disability. They weren't praying for you to feel better about yourself. They weren't, uh, you know, praying Praying for you to have some kind of magical sign, you know, glowing cross on your forehead, or you know, they weren't praying for any of that. They were praying for you to be able to walk. Um, and so, to get something that is not you being able to walk uh, means that they still have to continue praying for you. But I, I would, I would offer just, um, just as a guess, I, I think because it, it's happened to me in my own life. You, especially in a situation like that where the spotlight is on you and everybody's praying for you, and it's a healing service, and it's you know. You can't get more religious than this. You can't put more faith in a room than this. Something's got to give. Yeah. And and so it's not good enough to just say, oh, sorry, nothing happened. You you want something and need something to happen so much. You're looking for a win in the worst kind of way that you find one. And so I think this is her really just trying very hard to find a win in a place where there there had to be a win. Yeah. So uh, I'm sorry, you were headed to the to the next uh, to the next supposed healing miracle, and I sort of derailed it. So yeah, about- well. So I don't have as much to say about the other one except to mention it. Um, this is one where Ian uh, mentioned uh, offhandedly, oh, no, God does still heal. In fact, he knows a person uh, who had their leg lengthened. Uh, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Right. Giggle, giggle. Oh, no, it's not like those those phonies. No, this one was real. This one really had their leg lengthened, and it was caught on video. 
Uh, Ian, where's the link? Can you point us to the video? Can you give us a news report about the video that someone credible saw it? I mean, this is this to me is of a different character than than Zoe's story, in my opinion. Mm. I I think mm. that this is just extremely manipulative, and I think it's dishonest. And I'm just going to come out and say it, Ian. I think that you're a filthy liar. Um, because even if you didn't make up the story, you heard it and you suspected that it was made up, but you're telling it anyway as if it were true. Um, write me, uh, skepticsandseekers at gmail.com. I don't believe you for a moment. Because if you believed this crap, you would make a special effort to try to link to the proof that you say is there. This is the kind of story that Christians tell to keep people plugging prayers into that slot machine. This is, no. this is the kind of thing that you use to prey on the desperate, to hell with you. On the run-up to, to the show, when we were just sort of uh, doing pre-show stuff, talking through what we were going to talk about. Yeah, folks, that, that happens. We have a meeting to have a meeting. Um, so when we, were, when we were doing the run-up, you said there's a difference between a slot machine and a cash machine, right? A, a cash machine is a predictable machine, whereas a slot machine isn't, right? And so they said something about a slot machine on uh, Unbelievable. When when I think you were right, I really think they meant to be talking about a cash machine, something, something that predictably gives you the same results every time, right? Okay. And, and and here's the thing. If you've got a guy, and I'm not I'm not saying that Ian is the guy, maybe he's at a healing service, somebody else, somebody else is the wand wield, right? So somebody else is, is holding the, the hot thorn and phoenix hair wand or whatever whatever it was. Sorry for the wrong combination. Um, and, and so maybe he just knows the person, right? But if you know the person that can call on the power of God to heal maladies, I don't want the video. I want the address. Sure. I'll, look, I'll take you to one. But he claimed that it was on video. Sure. So in, in the, the sure. reason you make a claim like that without providing the video is so that you can pretend to have some credibility. Oh, no, it's there. If if, if you push me, I can, I can provide you evidence it's you know it's just to to give desperate people the hope that this really happened and then when they tell the story they can say oh no this there, there's actually evidence for this you haven't demonstrated any evidence you right. are a fucking liar that should die in a fire right but, and, and if you know this guy is it still on i think that almost shut her down actually i mean because if you can show me a video of a healing if you were that close if you were the person that got to press the little red button and watch somebody's leg be lengthened by the power of the almighty God, if you were that person, then you know the person that was on stage doing the job. Don't hand me a video. Hand me their home phone number. Yeah, and honestly, if the best story you can tell is someone doing a parlor trick that everyone uh, knows to be debunked, screw you. Screw you. Screw your story. Screw your God. Uh, you, You have done more harm to your God by your story than not telling a story at all. Yes. So we've gone through a lot of notes, Dave, and we're terribly close to the end. I wonder if you'd do me a favor to entertain one more point. Uh, and I meant to do this up front, um, but I want to try to add some dignity back. We've, we've laughed a lot about the disabled community. We've laughed a lot at each other. We certainly poke fun at Zoe. Um, but there is something here that I care about pretty deeply, and I know you do too. And I derailed us and didn't get to this early on. And that is, I am disabled. You're disabled. But we don't want to be joined. It's not a club. It's not a, a fun weekend outing in the woods. It's not a 4-H project. A disability is something serious. And if you don't have one, don't try to join me by saying, uh, you know, I wear contact because having a disability is serious. And unless you're willing to pay the price that I have to pay every day by surrendering some cherished part of yourself that actually allows you to live in, in, in the normal world and use all of the tools that are made for people that have perfect vision and perfect hearing, whatever that means, you know, or at least average vision, average hearing. If you're one of those people, I don't want you to be disabled and I don't want you to try to join me. I'm not in a club and the dues are way too goddamn high for you to want to join it. Yeah, so I appreciate uh, the empathy, the, the the human empathy, the the evolved emotion that, that makes you want to um, come alongside someone who's having problems and say, you know, I have problems too, and, and make that human connection. So I, I, I appreciate that. But uh, on a deeper, more personal level, uh, I don't appreciate it and I don't need it. Um, and I, I would ask you to probably not do that when you're when you encounter someone with a a, a disability 
um, you know, if, if you encounter someone with clinical depression, uh, you know, don't don't talk about the time when you were kind of sad, too, because you're you're cheapening their clinical depression when you do that. Um, someone in a wheelchair, uh, you know, don't don't talk about, uh, you know, that time when you fell off the um, fell out of the treehouse and uh, broke your leg and had to walk on crutches for two weeks. Uh, that is not analogous to a lifetime in a wheelchair. Um, you know, when you're talking to someone who is blind, don't don't talk about how you have to squint to see the words in the songbook. Uh, I don't give a damn. And you, you have not, in fact, made a connection. You have simply shown that you don't understand who we are and what we're going through and so um make sympathetic noises if you must but don't don't try to you know suggest that your your physical inconvenience is the same as what a disabled person is going through it it's not just leave it and don't use the word bravery in my presence more than more than you trying to identify with me, folks. More more than the attempt at identification. Because look, if if you want to identify with me, and you and you want to you want to be the kind of person who says, um, "Hey, look, Andrew, man, there's a there's stairs coming up, and I just wanted you to know it." If if that's if that's why you're trying to identify with, so that so that you can you know so that you can help me, or or so that we can form a relationship, and you can't figure out anything better to talk about than you know, I just want to identify, I want to get the conversation started. I'll accept that because I'm human too, and I want to make connection. And and so if, it, if it's that kind of thing, you know, where and, and you want to say, hey, hey, man, there's stairs coming up. I'm I'm perfectly happy to have that interaction because in the same way, if we're out on the street and and and, uh, and you think it's safe to go and I hear traffic coming, I'm not going to let you get run over. I'm going to stop you, too. We can make that connection because I may hear a car you don't see. You're certainly going to see stairs I don't see. So in that way, we can make a connection. But having a disability is not something people are brave through. And this is another one of those things that that uh, sort of normal people do to the disabled. We have, don't, don't, don't pat me on the head just because I got dressed and walked out uh, of my front door. Oh, look, look, what courage, what, what strength, what, what an inspiration. Here, let me give you some inspiring words to take to your kids. Fuck you! Yes. So, there, how's that How's that for strength, courage, and inspiration? You know what I had to do to get dressed and walk out of the door? Um, you know, it was it was more than probably you know, and I don't need you patting me over the head for it. Uh, you know, to get a good job, it's impossible for a lot of us. Uh, nobody lowered the bar uh, for me. Uh, I, I, had to, I had to go through some shit to just get just to get to a normal place in life and i'm still not there i do not want to be congratulated for getting my shoes on the right feet just just keep all of that stuff bottled inside in yourself we don't want to hear it and that's that's i know we said everybody's different but that's mostly universal you're not going to meet a disabled person who who wants that kind of slobbering pity from you no i i don't i don't i don't want it and uh even though i don't live in a perfect statistic universe where i know the answer uh universal like uh, uh, like the like our blind friend on the Unbelievable program, I know a lot of blind and disabled. Uh, you know, I know lots of deaf people, lots of blind people. I know lots of people in wheelchairs and on crutches. And I do not know one of them who has the remotest interest in being called brave because of a disability. Yeah, no, we're we're going through too much to to deal with that. And if you find us dealing with that with good grace, it's uh, it takes a lot of effort. <laughs> it yes. takes a lot of effort to put up with that kind of thing. And this is why I kind of said earlier, and I'll just kind of repeat it now. Um, if, if you approach a person with a disability with the uh, with the uh, carrot that you can heal them, you're going to take them, you know, to your God, you're going to perform a ceremony that you can heal. You better bring the goods. And uh, I'll I'll give you uh, this much leeway. I will let anyone uh, heal me uh, anytime, anywhere, as publicly as you like. And if it doesn't work, you give me permission to punch you in the face as hard as I can. Don't take the bet, folks. Heal? It's a sucker's bet. <laughs> Anybody? <laughs> Skeptics so, and Seekers at gmail.com. Yes. Uh, as, a, as a final, I, I thought, <laughs> so many people's here. Uh, as, a, as my final note about the Christian God, Dave, and then I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you wrap this thing because you deserve that opportunity. If 
you think you've, if, if your God is busy helping people find parking places, but he can't be bothered to heal me, be quite honest, I don't want you fucking, you can keep it. And I'll go a step further. If you've got a God and you're about to write me or call me and say, you know what, Andrew, I think my God can heal you. And, and I think he will. If you just come visit. I think my God will change the course of human history and give you your eyes. But he's going to leave starving children in Brazil. And he's going to leave children enslaved to get coffee beans or chocolate. Or he's going to leave the world in the, in the midst of despair or trade wars, or without water. I don't want your God. You can keep it. Your God is a petty, vengeful, spiteful, maniacal being. I won't worship him, and you shouldn't. Yeah, so um, how'd you get disabled? Uh, did you fall out of a treehouse, uh, fall off the monkey bars, break your break your arm? Um, that happens, right? That's, that's natural. We've got natural explanations for that. We've got natural cures for that. Uh, I get it. Uh, heck, I've done it myself. Uh, I was running at a bus one one day in Portland, Oregon. I lived in Portland. I was the kind of person who never missed a bus. I was not going to miss a bus. Boy, I was a good runner. It was icy that day. Uh, I hit a grate, and uh, boy, did I fly. Oh, God, and the landing was bad. Uh, I broke that arm, but I caught the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering where this was going, and that was a great payoff. <laughs> bus, baby. Uh, I did, in fact, end up taking that bus to the hospital instead of work. But um, never mind all that. <laughs> that story ended okay at the end of a few months. Um, and I'll tell you, I thought I had pain until they put the cast on, and then I started mm. screaming. Um, oh. My God, that hurt. I will never forget it. Anyway, uh, where, where where is this story going? How did you get disabled? <laughs> Sorry. Um, if it's simply by a matter of natural causes and evolutionary processes and, you know, it's, it's an imperfect world, this, this is just how it happens. Um, we got fewer birth defects than we used to have 100,000 years ago. Things are getting better, not worse. Great. Uh, I'm not bitter. I only have a problem with it the moment you throw a, an all-powerful God into the mix. Now I've got to, now I've got to wonder about it. How did I get to say, uh, was it just the matter of, you know, bad genes or did God twist those genes in particular not so that I was born blind? If, if that, then I don't want to cure for the, from this God. Uh, I will fight this God with, with my last breath. It is, it is the, um, the witch doctor or maybe the pharmaceutical executive who walks into a village and they come in with a cure for a disease that the village didn't have until the pharmaceutical, uh, uh, executive gave everyone the disease and now he walks in with a cure screw that um maybe you take the cure uh but then you uh, dismember the executive that person doesn't walk out alive honestly um and i don't know why anyone would worship such a person that is god if god had a hand in creating these disabilities why are you praying to that guy to cure you why are you devoting your life to that guy if god didn't have a hand in it well again why are you praying to that guy guy. Uh, he was too weak to stop it. He's content to let evolutionary processes run their course. Uh, and so let evolutionary processes run their course and leave them alone. Uh, so I don't, I honestly came to a point where I had to stop praying for healing. I had to stop praying for everything because at the end of the day, I couldn't understand what it was for. And I hope that some Christian will sort that out. Skeptics and Seekers at gmail.com. Love to have a conversation with you. If you don't want to have a conversation, uh, send in a send in a post. I'll be glad to post it up. Um, I might even respond to it uh, on Skeptics and Seekers. Dale might respond to it. Uh, that would be interesting. On uh, Reason Press, that's uh, Reason Press uh, at something dot something. Um, Reason Press at gmail dot com. That's or, what I, I, I was thinking that. <laughs> or hey, you know what? The, you know what else they can do, Dave? What's that? <laughs> they can go ask us a question over there. There is an Ask a Question section. They can ask any question they want. Yeah. And 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 I'll, I'll even I'll even double the stakes for you people that really really want to get your get your message out you know you've you got the message i'll i'll we'll post it in both places if if david is amenable to post it over on, I'm amenable, on sns although i must say there are some people that i have blocked in my uh, real life on discussion boards and i i wouldn't post their comment if they paid me um so, no, so, would, so if you're well intentioned about one of those press. <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks bud yeah no you can <laughs> 
you can you can have them <laughs> but uh for for everyone else uh yeah bring it on i mean that's why we have these conversations and um no we didn't have a non-christian uh to interview today but um i i really would like to have a reasonable conversation i, I would have loved to have that reasonable conversation over on the unbelievable board but the christians are hard at work uh deflecting uh the conversation to other things and so no one seems to want to talk about it so if there are some christians out there who are willing to to face the hard questions and talk about it um you know we we'd like to carry that conversation forward thank you so much and uh you can run us out of here Joe. Well, I think uh, I think all I have left to say is, and uh, that's the end of this episode of Burning Down the House. We love you, listeners, and look forward to talking to you again next time around. Ciao.